Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Ryan. And we're your hosts for the Too Vague Podcast this week. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Excellent. Anything exciting going on in your life? Just work. Just work. <laughs> is that exciting? Uh, um, it's safe. It's safe. <laughs> is it safe? You ever see the movie Marathon Man? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is it safe? <laughs> is it safe? Is it safe? Okay, we could go on with that forever, but let's start the show. Our word this week is the word... Comic. Yes. So is there any reason why you chose that word to talk about today? Is there a connection that you have with it? Uh, yes. I, I believe that comic not only means, you know, comic as in comedian, therefore comedy, right? but also comic as in comic book the art platform of pictures. So those are both things that you think about when you think about the word comic. Yes. And you're passionate about? Both. Both. (laughs) So the word comic, causing or meant to cause laughter, relating to or in the style of comedy, as a noun, it's a comedian, especially a professional one, a stand-up comic. Causing or meant to cause laughter is the adjective part of comic book, right? So it's not defined in there, but the Oxford English Dictionary. Can't argue. Well, I don't know. They they, they seem to create words and then criticize the U.S. for using those words, like (laughs) soccer. Yeah. It's like that, that was theirs, and then they go, no, it's football. It's like, well, you made that word. Yeah, I've never liked the word soccer. No? Why not? Doesn't make sense. Is it is it because it's violent sounding? Soccer. I I think of socks. Okay. They have All to right. wear high socks for their their shin guards. Right. And having played soccer, soccer, the shins the shins are very important to cover because you can get kicked there very very easily. Frequently. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the word comic. It comes from the late 16th century by way of Latin, from the Greek komikos and komos, which means to revel. Oh. Yeah. Kind of interesting word uh, word origin there. What do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about stand-up comedy, your experiences in stand-up comedy, or your favorite stand-up comedians? All of the above. Let's, let's start okay, with... Okay, let's just start with, <laughs> do you have a favorite stand-up comedian? Or one that when you when you think comic, you you initially think of. My all time favorite is Norm Macdonald. Gosh, yeah, yeah, I agree, definitely. What is it about Norm Macdonald that appealed to you? I really loved the sense of recklessness that you would have committing to a bit. Right. And let me just be clear. It's a sense of recklessness, right? Yeah. I, I don't I think he had it planned out. Oh, oh, for he definitely with some of his bits would definitely go in not caring whether or not the material landed. Right. Which in itself can be comedic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And a lot of those Conan, I mean, I you know, uh, when when he died, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no one knew about it. I was along with everyone as far as like reliving, you know, like those those comedic bits, looking those up, going oh, yeah. down the internet rabbit hole on that. Yeah, he was really, he was great. 
just a, a great comedian. He apparently filmed a uh, one-hour special that is to be re- it was to be released in the event of his death that is supposed to come out later this month. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it a Netflix one or is it? Yes, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> I wish, man. Yeah, right. We do talk about Netflix a lot on this show. It's not helping their numbers, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I yeah. just saw something in the news where they, this is kind of ridiculous, but it says, you know, the news is like, oh, you know, Netflix is having trouble. They're, they just uh, fired 180 people. Mm-hmm. 180 people for a company like Netflix, to me, seems like it could be a low amount. Yeah. I don't, they never put it into context. Yeah. And it's clickbaity and. Norm Macdonald is an excellent choice. Thank you. And I would, I would, I would de- definitely agree with you as far as that being one of the comedians I think of as as one of the better comedians ever. Rodney see, Dangerfield too. It's yeah, like he Rodney. had a lot. I think he had a lot in common with with Rodney Dangerfield, and he was inspired by like David Letterman and his kind of. I, For I sure, think you could see a lot of David Letterman's comedy style in norm mcdonald too yeah um did you see the the comedians and cars getting coffee speaking of netflix yeah yeah you, <laughs> comedians and cars getting coffee episode with him in it oh yeah i think it made every one wanting to be a comedian or who identifies as a comedian wanting to start a youtube channel or right or a podcast or yeah what have you it was a it was a great episode too just because it's just it's just Norm. <laughs> yeah, Norm being Norm. And he had some, I mean, I don't know if his success, that was kind of like, I mean, I think he was successful to himself, right? Oh, yeah. Which is all he wanted to do is be, he didn't, he wasn't trying to get anyone to feel sorry for him. He was very much to himself a lot of, a lot of yeah. times. No one knew about his like diagnosis. Like m- yeah. m- maybe one, one close friend, but he yeah. just didn't want to ever. And he mentioned it. That was the thing too. Like in his, um, Norm McDonald has a show and on his, he did uh, a podcast for a while there. Right. Yeah. And on those shows, I mean, it, it, or when he was interviewed, he mentioned the fact that he did not ever want, like if he ever had a disease or something, that he wouldn't tell anyone about it because he didn't want any, you know, yeah, any kind of sympathy or, you know, treatment differently. Yeah. So I mean, that if if you were reading into it, you could possibly say that that was just sort of you know. And his comedy did have like his last two comedy shows. There was kind of a a dark edge to his humor that was. Yeah, one of his openings to his specials was uh, his New Year's resolution was. Not to die. Right. <laughs> I always liked with Norm MacDonald, his whole thing about his uncle Bert or whatever died of cancer and he lost his battle is what they were saying. He lost his battle. Yeah. But in his mind, it wasn't a loss. It was a draw. It was a draw. Yeah. 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 Norm MacDonald is definitely an excellent stand-up comedian do you have any um any others that come to mind as far as good stand-up comedians or wonderful stand-up comedians that you could just watch their stuff over and over again since you mentioned jerry seinfeld i i love the simplicity of like observational humor that he has yeah what's the deal with peanuts yeah 
Oh, and there's there's no there's no curse words or well he does he has had I mean he you know sure I, but you know. it's not it's not like that's not the focal point yeah you could book him for any event yeah. is what I'm saying I wouldn't necessarily call him a family comedian but you could definitely book him for any event Bill Burr Bill Burr is a good comedian too I always wanted to know his blood pressure yeah he's kind of like uh, Lewis yeah. Black. Same thing there. It's like he's so wound up about everything all the time. Yeah, you think a vein's gonna burst. Exactly. That's kind of like the angry humor, sort of, sort of like what is that guy's name who did all the? Oh, oh. Was that a Ray Romano impersonation? No, that wasn't. <laughs> hey, some people think I sound like Ray Romano. Sometimes you bit. do. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> the blood pressure thing. Do you just to it, track it just throughout just the set? See it? He's yeah, just like, he, little, he winds like, himself up, like in a little in the corner. You could just have it like yeah. in the corner, the blood pressure, the blood pressure show. And that was another good uh, comedians and cars getting you know, I like that show because it does show a side of comedians that you don't always see, and it's not just stand up, you, you know, it's people who are comedic actors as well as people who are stand up comedians. Yeah. Right. The times I've done stand up, I always catch myself on stage being like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> right. And right. So hosting hosting a show. Yeah, you I did found, host a show locally, right? Yeah. Yeah. I hosted uh over over in downtown. Hosting was way easier for, for me. Even though you had to develop a monologue and you oh. know, do some comedy writing? Yeah, because I knew that if I had bad material or material that just didn't land that week, I'm not going to use it again. Yeah, you know? yeah. And if I were to like like the material and it did land well, I could like put it in my back pocket right. and just save it for another day as like filler jokes. Or it's like stand-up comedians, they tour, right? Yeah. So, and, and this is not something, I mean, if you're hosting a regular show downtown, it's not a touring thing. Sometimes things land in certain areas and don't in others. It oh, might yeah, be up sure. to you. It might be just regional. Yeah. I was going to say my, my some, some of my favorite comedians, but if you were- No, go for it. Have you done stand-up comedy at other places? Like, you do a monologue, right? Yeah. For, for me, it was kind of- I'm gonna try a bunch of different things and see see what see what sticks. sticks. Yeah, and so I I did one liners. I did story. I did I did a bunch of different things. Yeah, impressions. Oh, okay. Did you do an impression of me, Ray Romano? Yeah, <laughs> you used, to, used to do an impression of me at work. Yeah. Would you do you want to do that impression impression for for all of us here? <laughs> hey. Stop lighting fires. Totally. <laughs> Can I get a green tea? Mm. That sounds nothing like me, but that's okay. Do you have a, a thoughts about pursuing stand-up comedy instead of acting? Or is there... I think the passion that I have is just wanting to entertain. Okay. So, so that could I, be anything, right? Yeah. So if if I'm acting, awesome. If I'm hosting a show, awesome. The want to go do stand-up is there but it, it's not as much as hosting or or acting or, yeah yeah 
And do you think that part of the reason why you like acting in stand-up comedy and hosting is is that does that have to do with attempt getting intention, or does that have more to do with perfecting your craft or improving or you know are there are, what what is the reason for you doing things like stand up and acting is it just a passion of yours it's just something because you said it was an exploration of the human condition which to me sounds really deep and i don't think it was it wasn't a joke right it was yeah i wasn't being facetious it's trying to connect one person to another person's thoughts feelings their passions right uh, it's being relatable maybe? yeah 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 because I think uh, a lot of stand-up comedians have always said that they're doing it for attention or doing it to work through shit. And I'm, I'm sure there there are, right. you know? Right, You'll notice, like, the majority of comics, at least in this area of the world, um, yeah. are usually very self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah, and, I've noticed that. I mean, it's an easy target because... You know your well. You like to think you know yourself, right? Yeah, you, you like to, and it's it's easier to make fun of yourself than someone else. <laughs> and it's also in yeah, and, and when you make fun of someone else, you are there's a mystery as far as whether or not you've insulted that person. But if you make fun of yourself, there is no mystery as to whether or not you've insulted yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's and, a lot easier. And then you know, no I've, I've been asked. I've been asked, like, uh, do you ever get nervous on stage? What if they hate you? And I'm like, no one's going to hate me more than I've hated myself. <laughs> okay, what what do you mean by that? I mean, as in the highest highs of the lowest lows okay. I've experienced. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my opinion of myself should be the most important one because I am me. Therefore, if people like me, they like me, great. If people don't like me, okay. Yeah. It's not as... It's not as bad as me hating me, so. Right, right. So have you, do you get nervous when you go up on stage at all? Or is it just something like, okay, so here we go, getting psyched about it, let's do it, and then you do it, and then. There is a little nervousness, but yeah. it's, but it is excitement. Yeah, okay. Because um, there is nervous excitement as opposed to just being worried about what are they going to think about me, right? That's not, that's yeah. not being just butterflies nervous i would say in my day-to-day -day life i'm very introvert one of the things that really appeals to me about performing is that i do get a platform to interact with people okay. it's one-sided sure right right <laughs> but i i do get that i guess extrovert fulfillment or you know to the, complete the balance the human connection part of, yeah 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 being introverted myself people always say that they don't think i'm introverted because when i go out i talk to the staff like i know them i talk to people like i know them but in general i keep to myself you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's it's not like it's com conversations they they have substance but it's not substance that revolves around me right you yeah. know expressing myself in a way that I don't know how to explain it. I, I got you. You though. got me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get back to stand-up comedians because I have one of my... I just have so many. But but I mean, one of my current... Well, 
One of my old favorites is Jake Johansson. Are you familiar with Jake Johansson? Yes, I think yeah, so. He did a a couple of uh, stand-up specials on HBO. He has very very much observational type of humor, but um, he does get some self-deprecating thing in there. I don't know how to explain his style, right? But it's it's a style where it can be clean mm-hmm. or it cannot be clean, right? He, he, it's he can a switch very, it on and off. He can switch it on and off and make it sound authentic in either way, right? Nice. So that's always good. And he's always got, you know, <laughs> he's always got really weird stuff. Like if you watch his, um, this will take about an hour. You can find it on YouTube, by the way, that someone has posted illegally. <laughs> <laughs> he has this one bit about about how he collects Masters of the Universe figures. <laughs> okay, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I, I remember Okay, that. so yeah. you remember him? Yeah, 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 yeah. My power is beyond your understanding. <laughs> yeah. So that's Jake Johansson, really funny guy. Now he's a family guy. I don't see him much doing uh, doing comedy, but he does do festivals occasionally, and he's online with his wife during the pandemic. They did a kind of a talking with people kind of thing. Um, I think it was just more for just maintaining connections with people than anything else. Yeah. But he is one of my favorites. Don Rickles. You know what? I never <laughs> liked Don Rickles. Why? I just never did. Maybe Don Rickles adjacent only because she has been on the roasts recently. Um, Nikki Glasser. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do appreciate her brand of humor um, sometimes. Uh, it's it's like, but she's she's one of those comedians that I that I enjoy consistently. Nate Bargatze, mm-hmm. relatively new, well, last few years. Yeah, uh, I think he's hilarious. Yeah. Dimitri Martin, very observational humor, does a lot of drawing, a lot of, you know, very much. I would say he is kind of like, I would describe his style as um, like Jerry Seinfeld, but nerdy Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> if that's possible. Excessively nerdy Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. right? Did you ever see any of those? Did you ever like? I saw them. Yeah. I, I could tell you personally, not your not your I, style. Oh, I I wouldn't be able to tell you which which bit is from what special because it was all kind of the same yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, funny, yeah, but yeah, temporary for my attention span. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Michelle Wolf. What are your thoughts on Michelle Wolf? Uh. Do you have any thoughts on Michelle Wolf? Because I think she's funny too. I like her very because it's when she got kicked off the uh, yeah. And people were all up in arms about her comedy after the correspondence dinner. It didn't really sound. It sounded kind of some of the things she was saying were roasty, but it was it was still. I mean, I thought it was funny. Yeah. And her stand-up specials, I enjoy those too. But you don't have any thoughts? You don't know? Uh, I haven't seen much oh, i saw you, the correspondence okay but. very distinctive voice yeah too. maybe some would find annoying but i i don't i i just think she's very funny do you want to weigh in on the are women funny because i think that that's a stupid sort of <laughs> it's like yeah if they are they are if they're not they're not let's not it's you know it's not a who poses this question why 
is this pet question posed, right? Right. I, I think if you're funny, I don't. I don't care who you. Yeah. What what gender? Yeah. I, right. Or what you know, um, denomination or or anything like that. You are funny is funny. If you really want to get into it, there's been way more unfunny men. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's. <laughs> There's more men, so you know it's it's a it's it's definitely still a male-dominated field, but I think that's it's changing, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Another another comedian, relatively recent too. Taylor Tomlinson is hilarious. If you ever if you ever had a chance to see Taylor Tomlinson stuff, yeah, she did a uh, a recent um, look at you, which is her recent. Netflix special is pretty funny and it's about kind of her coping with her psychological issues after um after the pandemic which you know hmm. yeah but it's really it's very you know very real so I do like like her stuff as well do we want to talk about Doctor Strange 2 or do we not want to talk about Doctor Strange 2 I mean sure let's let's get into it this will be the bridge let me just say at this point, spoilers. <laughs> spoiler alert, a big spoiler alert because I want to get into it about what happened in that movie that bothered me. You saw Doctor Strange 2. Yes. And what are your thoughts on Doctor Strange 2? I loved it. Okay. And I I say this as a Sam Raimi fan. Okay. Okay. Um uh, yeah, I see that. The groovy t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, groovy. I love that he incorporates comedy and horror. Right. Um, the fact that he's mixing comedy and horror in a comic film. Love it. <laughs> um, just, you know, the, the quick the quick cuts and the zooms and the right right you can you can definitely see his, his fingerprint yeah his, his dna is yeah. all over it right yeah and even the very last sequence the the hidden sequence you know after the credits that's yeah. definitely him yeah were you familiar with the comics the house of m kind of stuff from back in the day i seem to remember that you're a dc guy more than you are a marvel guy or are you both i I mean, I I enjoy both Marvel and DC. Okay, I tend to flock to characters that choose to make a difference. Okay, all right. Rather than center the story of oh, I I don't want to do this, but it's my it's my responsibility. Right. So. Right. Um. What about Booster Gold? Because I love Booster Gold. I love his whole arc. Personally, and if there is ever a film, Nathan Fillion should play him. Good casting move, I think. Maybe a little. He's a little old now for that. Possibly, he's always he's always the same age he was in in Firefly. Firefly for yeah. me. <laughs> it's like, hey, I remember when he was in Firefly, or uh, was the uh, Doctor Horrible sing along blog when yeah. he was in that too. <laughs> that was also really funny, and he's got really good comedic timing. I think yeah. Nathan Fillion does. Yeah, but anyway. You were fine with the story, the way it flowed, everything. I mean, what, what did I loved the fact that we just went through WandaVision. Right. And she had a whole, whole character arc, you know, seeing that she, what she was doing was wrong. Right. 
and went to the woods to live by herself. Right. And study the Darkhold. <laughs> and study the Darkhold. And instead of the typical, like, maybe I'm going to, maybe I'm going to redeem myself. Right. Doubles down. It was, and the, just gets anti, even, yeah, it was yeah. the anti-redemption arc. Yeah. Which you kind of knew was coming because of the House of M storyline and the comic yeah. books where she basically goes insane and, um, well, essentially remakes the world a couple times, right? She, yeah. Yeah. Um, brings back vision from the dead. One of the things in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that I, why didn't they bring back? I mean, she was just focused on the children. She wasn't focused on yeah. <laughs> the love story of her husband, which was a deep love, right? She yeah. remade all of them. Why wouldn't you go for all of them? In that universe, the, what is it, 830, 8, 830, I don't know. I, I, I want to say, like, the universe that had the Illuminati was 836. 836, and then and 616. They, yeah, they referenced the MCU as 616. Right, which is weird, because yeah. you know what the MCU is? It's It has its own universe, that, according yeah. to Marvel, which is... A universe one hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. That is <laughs> that is the Marvel universe now, which is inside the Marvel universe, <laughs> which is this other multiverse that is based on the comics. So I guess they are going to pick and choose what storylines they like. My main problem: there are people out there who said that that made WandaVision obsolete, making her the villain which to me doesn't make it obsolete. It was yeah. just the lead in, right? Yeah. It was showing her how she developed this connection with her children. Do you think in the Marvel continuity, Mephisto's, the kids being fragments of Mephisto is going to be a part of the Marvel universe at all? I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, that's one way well, to yeah. expand it. Okay, so that's part of my problem with the multiverse and also a particular scene with the Illuminati. Uh-huh. All these people that fans wanted to see in the movie were one by one slaughtered very, very easily. What did you think of that sequence? Oh, it was gut-wrenching, but completely caught me off guard. Yeah. So I was happily entertained. Did it make sense? I mean, Reed Richard is the smartest Movie proclaims smartest man in the right, world. Right, right. Just gets demolished. Right, but not the most prepared man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My thought on that was you have these sands of, what are they called? The sands of whatever that are that are dulling Doctor Strange's powers. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you have those sands in that room with the the chairs? That's sure. my thought. Yeah. Why why wouldn't you? Also, there are some things that are iffy uh as far as the power level of what magic is capable of and what uh Professor X should be capable of. Yeah. That was kind of like okay, that that doesn't make any sense with my knowledge of the comics. Yeah. Although it's interesting that she was also a mutant in the comics and also had some, you know, there was some overlap between her and, and Magneto and yeah. Professor X. 
one thing that people wanted to see Peggy Carter as Captain Captain Carter, yeah. Captain Carter. And we didn't get to see any anything from her. Yeah. Other than it was cut short. So to speak. Yeah. Yes. They're Captain Marvel getting squished by a yeah. statue. These are all things that you can fly and shoot energy bolts. Right. And presumably go into outer space. Yes. Yeah. And these But they, you get squished? Right. Perfect segue into my thought on this movie is that they're trying to they're trying to Brian Michael Bendis it essentially. They're uh-huh. doing it for shock value. Oh yeah. They're not doing it for anything. It's Sam Raimi, of course. Well, but I, I think Sam Raimi aside, because I heard that when they were filming the sequence with the Illuminati, his response was, Really? Like the writer wrote that and he was kind of like, Really? You this is what okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's you know, he was along for the ride based on what the writer wrote, and that's fine. Killing all of the Illuminati, which is this super powerful group, except against magic. And that's yeah. the other thing too. When Doctor Strange comes in there and says, Hey, Wanda Maximoff, a known magic user has the dark hold, which is the thing that brought down Thanos when no one else could in that universe. Why wouldn't you get prepared for yeah. you know yeah. that 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 also doesn't make sense. They just kind of like, well it's Wanda Maximoff, blah blah blah. But but it's the dark hold. That's the thing. That's the problem that corrupts these magic users. And you saw it firsthand with Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. So also story beats that didn't make sense but let's get back to the bendising it because that is what he did in many series was to shock people by killing people dare i say in common ways that aren't very super heroic you mentioned the fact that the statue fell on captain marvel yeah similarly when they killed off Black Panther during one of those, I think it was the Age of Ultron, they killed him off. Do you know how Black Panther died? How? He tripped down downstairs and broke his neck. That's how they killed off. It happens. <laughs> it, it, it happens to other people. It happens to normal people. It does not happen to Black Panther. It's, it is just, you know... And and I think I don't want to see the Marvel Universe go the way that, quite frankly, reinvigorated uh, Marvel Comics. Yeah. But I didn't like any of I mean, maybe I still have a – I'm still holding a grudge because he just wiped out Alpha Flight in such a <laughs> – uh, made me angry. But Alpha Flight uh, – Along with other, you know, like uh, like Hawkeye and, and you know, just, just kind of like getting rid of people in a way that was common, showing that these are actual people that could be killed. And I get that. But, but when you read about heroes, you want them to be heroic and have heroic deaths, yeah. right? That's what you want, I think. That's where the whole series of the infinity gauntlet and and all the you know the yeah. avengers that was successful because 
of the sacrifices made by multiple heroes. The stakes were high. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But this is just senseless death yeah. is what this is. And that just it's like, okay, it's turning into the comics. I don't think if they if they continue this whole thing where they're killing off heroes, not just in this movie, it's not gonna end well for the MCU. But, yeah, but I I don't know I, I you know we're still kind of clueless as to where where we're going. I totally thought that they were going to use this movie as a way to unfortunately replace Chadwick Boseman as as either a variant yeah. or him costumed and going down or you right know, right something heroic you know. But the, yeah, I'm curious on. Because they didn't have Black Panther in it, I'm curious on what is to come. Was it a uh, Wakanda Forever? Right. We'll see what that. I'm, I'm I'm interested in these characters. Yeah. The other problem I had with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was the story arc was sloppy. It felt like it was a tie-in movie more than it was a story itself, and then the tie-ins are secondary. That's what I think makes most of the multi, you know, most of the Marvel movies, they're standalones, and well, they're good by themselves, but they're also good in the series. And this just didn't, I didn't get the feeling that this was anything but a tie-in. So let me ask you this: Do you feel like Doctor Strange is better as a support character or as a leading character? I like him as a leading character. He's got some really cool places that he can go because of magic let's embrace that right sure. let's let's go with that let's not bring in this whole thing where he enlists the help of wanda maximoff and she turns out to be the person who's trying to kill him off blah 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 all this stuff that they end up doing i think there's a lot more that we can see about dr strange but this was a waste of that also the, kind of the introduction America Chavez yeah. also was a little lackluster for me. I wanted to see more of her story. I wanted to see more of her backstory and establishing that connection to that character because she is who he's trying to save, right? Yeah. But the way they introduce her is very a matter, matter of fact. It's, it's not... Yeah, it's a little rushed. It doesn't have any substance. Well... I didn't mind it. Okay, okay. I enjoyed it, but... Yes, I, I see your criticism. Let me just say, I enjoyed it too as far as the visual spectacle. Wish they would have spent more time in the paint paint universe. Yeah. I just think in closing, what they're doing with the multiverses, akin to what Marvel has always done with the multiverses, it's just now they're doing it with the movies. It's an excuse for sloppy writing. It allows the writer too much freedom to kill people off and bring them back from other universes or it's just it's there's too much freedom and not enough focus on a continuity that maybe that's just my worry maybe, maybe that's it i'm worried that that's what it's gonna do so let me ask you this okay with that said right how long do you think the comic book genre of film will reign supreme how much longer do you think how much longer boy because i thought it was already gonna 
die. Like I thought this was like you know ten years ago. I I I was saying like yeah, it's probably not going to last that long. Well, I think part of part of Disney getting their getting their hands into it, yeah, and the resources and what they're throwing at it, it could last another five ten years. There are people excited about movies that are coming out in twenty twenty four. So I mean, yeah. I think at least five years. However, how long can we do this where we have this giant arc over three uh, phases, right? I think I liked it only because that was, I can't say that I wasn't angry at that movie too, the, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet stuff, but at least it came to a conclusion, right? Sure. And people had deaths that were meaningful in that. Black Widow's death was meaningful, and Gamora's death was meaningful. I don't know how they brought brought her back because I thought maybe it has something to do with the timeline thing. Yeah, we'll she, find it's out. It's a past Gamora. Oh, it's a past Gamora. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lazy story writing. I mean, <laughs> how how did uh, anyway? Well, I mean, obviously the the pointless deaths of the Illuminati just to show how powerful Wanda was. It was I, just. I get it. You can show that without killing off these people that people wanted to see. People wanted to see more of a fight sequence and less sure. of a... I mean, yeah, I understand the point of why they did it. I don't agree with that. And it wasn't enjoyable. Still looked cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it still did look cool, I guess. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that Black Bolt thing was kind of like... Ugh. Who do you think got it the worst? I don't know. I think my vote's on Reed. Yeah, Reed Richards definitely. Because his was the longest, like, figuratively, in, and <laughs> yeah, and he was like aware of it as it was happening. Which I don't quite understand how he could not reconstitute himself as he was being shredded. But whatever, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's something going through him. It, 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 the whole thing had holes in it, and and I understand why it was done. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. That's that's all. So, anyhow, enough of my bitching. <laughs> um, do you have anything to wrap up a uh, comic as far as us talking about real, like the word right, the word comic? Because we haven't gotten into video games yet. Yeah. Uh- Let's press forward. Okay. All right. Oh, you know what? I do have one last thing I want to talk about. Yep. Do you remember the unknown comic? He was a stand-up comedian. You probably don't because you're too you're too young. But he was a stand-up comedian that wore a paper bag over his head. And he would tell jokes on the gong show. Does that make any does uh what did okay, did Triumph the insult comic? Uh, have a have a persona before using the puppet. You're you're posing a question, yeah, to me. I think so. I'm trying. Th- I'm trying to think if I'm thinking of the same person. No, it's not the same person. Okay, it's not the same person. The Triumph Insult comic dog is uh, a former writer on Saturday Night Live, I believe. That was a talk show. Anyways, I it thought- could it could be it could be. Um, Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Um, triumph. But I, I totally thought that that he had a persona before he got his start with 
<laughs> the insult dog. Triumph, the insult comic dog. Puppet character voiced by Robert Smigel. He he was Saturday Night Live. Robert okay. Smigel. Uh, a long but time the, ago. But the unknown comic, completely different? Completely different. Okay, I, I could have sworn that he had a like a one of those other personas before the insult. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, go on with the okay. unknown comic. It was 1970. The unknown comic is this gentleman named Marty Langston, who did do, he got his start on Laugh-In. Okay. Back in 1970. At the suggestion of Red Fox, he teamed up with comedian Freeman King and they became regular performers on Sunny and Chair Comedy Hour. <laughs> what? I just wish we had those again. Like you could go back in time and see Sunny and Chair Comedy Hour or just to have that type of type of show just where that it's that like, type of show. Yeah. yeah. So here is where Langston he he lost some money in a nightclub restaurant that he created and he was strapped for cash. So he accepted an offer to appear on the gong show and he was embarrassed about appearing on the gong show. So he asked the producers, this is allegedly, he asked the directors with their permission. He put a paper bag on his head, cut out the eyes and, uh, did his bit as the unknown comic who was just a speed jokester, silly jokes, like, you know, just bad. Yeah. (laughs) And, and that was his whole thing, uh, his whole bit. People liked it. <laughs> kind of like a superhero? Sort of. With with the dual identities? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Costume? So he uh, appeared on hundreds of episodes and then finally, of the gong show, and then finally he revealed himself as the unknown comic on the show Real People, <laughs> which came out in the 1980s. All right, the Real People. He revealed himself. That's kind of my random comic thing that yeah. I put in there that's for cool. just like uh, random trivia, yeah. right? So that's the last thing I have to say about that. So let's get into the video games. Sure. Do you have any video games that focus on comedy or comics or adaptations from comics? I know there was a time when you really liked Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh, I still do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll still play those yeah yeah the old ones all of them i love them because i never finish them 100 percent. all right i will say that i i uh complete more of it each every time. time every playthrough is but. it because you want an excuse to replay it is that why you stop short of completing the game i mean in terms of like all the clues and everything uh part of me is saying if i if i were to do that i would literally have no life <laughs> okay. but at the on the other hand, uh, it does give me a good excuse of like, well, I did it this much. Right. Played through the whole story and got, you know, 70% of the clues. Right. Now I'm going to do 80 or something like that. Right, right. So, it so it's like you continue. Okay. Yeah. But but you continue the game or you just replay the whole game because you enjoyed it? I'll, I'll replay it. I'll, I'll spend enough time away from it to keep it a little... Uh, fresh. Is that the only comic-based game that you enjoy, or do you enjoy other 
games that are, have been based on comic book characters or comics? Because I know you do play games, but I don't really, I'm not, you know, we haven't talked in a long time, so I'm not familiar with what games you're playing these days. I actually played a little bit of Marvel Ultimate Alliance okay. this morning. Okay. <laughs> Which the, was For it the, PS3. Oh, okay, okay. Because there is one that came out exclusively on the Switch, I believe. Oh. That was a, a third installment or a fourth. Um, they probably made three. Okay. Because, yeah, I have the PS3. I know Ultimate Alliance 2 came out, and that's the one I wanted. And then <laughs> I never got it. <laughs> so I'm assuming that there's one after it. Okay. Based on the my want of the second one. <laughs> Okay, here, Ultimate Alliance 3 is exclusively on the Nintendo Switch. There you have it. There, Well, there you have it. I like that game in particular because you can build a team uh-huh. and then you can switch through uh, who you're playing with. Right. I also like the, the team-ups that they, they have bonus sort yeah. of team-ups for people who, you know, get paired together, like... Like Wolverine and Colossus can do that thing where he throws on the cannon, the the cannonball. Yeah. I think they they put a lot of really great things into that. And Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, the Black Order, has received a lot of praise as far as it being, you know, if you have a chance to play it, definitely play it. Awesome. Well, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is definitely one of those games that fits the bill. Did you play any of the Spider Man games on? Super Nintendo? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Maximum Carnage? Yeah. I still have that. Oh, what was it? It was like Spider-Man and X-Men versus Arcade. Oh, okay. Something like that. All right. Way too hard for the time, I, for the age I was when I was playing it. Right. But still spent hours on that. Yeah. Dying on like second level, <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. For me... Well, these games are kind of based on comic or comic strips. Um, there was one that came out in 1987 that I played on my Commodore 64. <laughs> I'm dating myself here. Called Accolades Comics. Accolade made a lot of different games for various systems, but the ones that I bought mostly just you know on the Commodore 64 from them. Accolade Comics basically was a comic book style game the story would be like like a comic book it would like tell, panels like panels right and then once you would get to a certain panel then they would have a little video game sequence that was like a you know a simple very simple game mm-hmm. and then it would move on to the next thing after you were successful there it was steve keen private eye <laughs> i don't remember if i ever played it all the way through i may have just gotten tired of the rudimentary games that you played in it but it was a cool idea yeah and then in 1995 sega basically took that idea and made a game called comics zone c-o-m-i-x zone did you ever play comics zone uh i'm sure i did okay it was basically a character that got switched with a character from his comic book. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a beat-em-up game developed by Sega for the Genesis, set within the panels of a comic book 
very similar to the, to the accolades comic one. Um, Sketch Turner, a starving artist and freelance rock musician. <laughs> I guess, you know what? When you say freelance rock musician, I think I know who you think of. Yeah. Buckaroo Bonsai. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My God. That's not the freelance rock musician that we're talking about in this case. This is Sketch Turner who lives in New York and he's working on his newest comic book called Comics Zone. <laughs> <sighs> if you're going to make a comic, come on, man. Comics Zone? Yeah. That's kind of lame. But anyway, it's a uh, story where what happens is uh, during a thunderstorm, a lightning bolt strikes a panel of his comic and he gets switched. So you are playing the game in panels of the comic. And it's it's actually pretty fun. I mean, I've got it. Um, I bought the version that uh, is on the iPad. I have it on my iPad so I can play it there. The only problem is the the controller is on a part of the screen, you know, so playing it with a phone is not as fun as playing it on an actual iPad. But it's still the same as when I played my uh, Genesis version of it. Mm -hmm. We're still going old school. All of these things you have never heard of before. Maybe Sam and Max. Yeah. Did you ever play Sam and Max? That was a fun series based on a comic. I actually played the first iteration that was on the PC and it was developed by LucasArts, and it was you know one of those fun point-and-click adventure games. And after that, they kind of they had a resurgence, and they made more of them. And I think didn't uh, you mention that um, for The Walking Dead there was um, who is the company that Telltale Telltale yeah before they got dissolved, they had a, a hand in developing the new Sam and Max games that were episodic. Yeah. The one one that I also remember being, it's very memorable, but it's an arcade game. It's called Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. It was a side-scroll and beat-em-up game. And it was based on a comic called Xenozoic Tales. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with that? I, I think I remember it in like the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it was worn to hell, but (laughs) it, but it was a, it was a really fun side scroll and beat em up that was based on a comic that was a post-apocalyptic future where this group of people were, you know, they had their, their Cadillacs and dinosaurs. They were, Mm -hmm. they were there together. Yeah. There were three editions of this made under Marvel comics actually did publish, a version of this at one point in time <laughs> but it was so those are the games that i think of when i think of comics and games what is one comic you wish would be made into a game oh boy one comic just one well you know i'm, I'm gonna say alpha flight you know that <laughs> i mean maybe uh, i don't know that how you fun. would I, yeah, it could be fun in a an X Men sort of way, and you know you could do things where each character had a certain power set, so you'd have to figure out different you know ways of doing things. I think it would be, I mean, I like the side scroll and beat 'em up format myself. It would be cool to make a three dimensional sort of adventure game with that, mm-hmm. but I would I probably would just make a game that's a side scroll and beat 'em up because that's you know. That seems to be more in tune with, you know, having a team of heroes. Yeah. How about you? As I was asking this, I immediately thought, wait, what if he asks me the same question? 
But the thing that comes to mind, I think would be fun, would be a Silver Surfer game. Okay. Like in today's tech, a Silver Surfer game with the expansiveness of No Man's Sky. Oh, okay. Where you have to find planets to feed Galactus. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you want to find all the planets that are like the 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 ones that aren't populated or whatever. Your choice. Okay. <laughs> it depends on what era of Norin Rad you want to live. <laughs> okay. So is there a planet eater in each <sighs> <laughs> is there is there a planet eater in each version of the multiverse? I would say no. Okay. Well, then Galactus is dead because the Marvel zombies ate Galactus and inherited the power cosmic. Yeah. So there you have it. There you have it. <sighs> Marvel zombies. Damn it. That's a really good question about the video game. Do you have any thoughts on – this is sort of comic-related – but it's more of the artistic side of it. Do you have any strong feelings on the on cell shading? Like making it look like a comic book in in that sort of style. Um like Borderlands does it, right? Yeah, I think I mean if it if it matches the tone. Right. You know? Yeah. But uh sometimes it does feel if it if it's done and it's overdone, it kind of looks cheap. Okay. So I think that's the main yeah, it looks cheap, but I mean the artistic style. I mean it's still, it's still a valid artistic style. Sure, sure. But but yeah. we're we're all about the graphics are are so lifelike. That's, yeah, that's where we're going, right? Yeah. We're going towards like hyper realistic, and I don't like that. Yeah, necessarily. Um, Escapism es- doesn't have to be real. <laughs> no, exactly. Ex- that is exactly. Yeah, we we discussed that kind of on our uh, on our metaverse episode and and our virtual episodes. I want those things to be kind of separate, right? I don't want my games to be so realistic that it feels like uh, it's real. It's supposed to be an escape. Yeah, I mean, I I wear many different hats when it comes to video games and their styles. Okay. So if I am in a particular mood for the the realness, there are games for that. Right. If I want off the wall, nutty, animated, you know, who framed Roger Rabbit? Craziness. Craziness. There are games for that. Right. And I'm satisfied. <laughs> Earthworm Jim. That's yeah. one of those. Yeah. That's really tough too. Yeah. Um, I used to have it on my iPad, but they didn't update it. So now I don't. Always reminded me of Freakazoid. Oh, okay. Freakazoid. Which I thought could have been a great uh, video game. Yeah. I don't even, maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it is, but. Lost opportunity. Yeah. There's a game right now that I am playing called The World Ends With, well, it's Neo, The World Ends With You. It's based on a game that came out for the, the for the DS um, long ago. And that game actually was re-released it, it was like the final version okay so let's just i want to get this out there when when square enix goes all crazy with their naming their friggin like games it's like the world ends with you hyper remix upper to whatever you know they, they put on these things that mean nothing mm-hmm. right in the final version of the world ends with you that is 
that version is on also on the Switch. It is heavily relying on the touchscreen. I enjoy that game. I never had it for the DS, so I only played it on my iPad. But it's still, it's a great game. Now they have a version, the Neo version, which kind of intersects with the story. Um, it's after It occurs after the story. It's in the future. Four new characters that start to get to know other people who are in this game of death, essentially. It's you're dead and you're in this fighting against, uh, you're in the Reapers game mm. and you're trying to survive. And if you don't survive the weak, then you're, you're dead, like real dead. Officially. Um, <laughs> officially, right. And you have a, like a timer on your hand or whatever. It's, it's a silly idea, but really fun. Hmm. Um, and where you get your powers from are these little 80s buttons you know, like the little 80s buttons that people would wear on their suspenders and they have like different, you know, like Duran Duran and... Nanu Nanu. Yeah, Nanu Nanu. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. You know those buttons? Yeah. That That's basically how you get your powers. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So there's like 350 different buttons that you, like as you progress each one, you level them up and then there are combinations that work well together that you figure out and it's really really cool but the whole thing is in a comic sort of cell shaded and i like that for what it is it's yeah. you know it's a it's a comedic or it's a comedic it's a comic representation that makes sense yeah cell shading doesn't bother me it never has and you know thinking back on it this kind of embarrassing i was playing it was it was one of the superman titles i think it was superman returns for okay. for xbox all right and i remember playing it and like all of a sudden feeling like super sick okay and not putting two and two together but at the time graphics weren't bad right by comparison to other games that were out okay but i didn't realize it until like a couple hours later it was it was motion sickness yeah i i it oh, was wow. too real for me i got i got air sick <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow was it on the Xbox 360 or Xbox? No, I, I want to say it was just Xbox. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I was flying around and just like, oh God, I got to put this down. And, and I didn't realize that it was that actually, was what was causing it with the video game. That's funny. I thought I was just getting sick. No, this is a video game. That's yeah. funny. You don't have any problems with your Oculus about that, right? Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. No. I can web swing. I can. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that uh, that wraps us up for this episode of the Two Vague Podcast. Ryan, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Huh. And uh, I don't hold it against you that you like the latest Doctor Strange movie. Oh, maybe maybe we can have a part two episode of this. Maybe, maybe. In any case, on that note, my name is Ben. I'm Ryan. And we've been your hosts. Have a wonderful night. Good night. Bye.